Hey, howdy, hey, folks, and welcome to Tom Hanks Giving. It's me, Elvis, and I uh, wanted to talk real quick up front uh, about a couple things. Forewarning, some political talk will be mentioned, so if you want to avoid that, if you just had too much of a headache already, skip ahead a couple minutes until you hear the music, then you'll be fine. Of course, we're talking family ties this week, so you're going to get a little bit of that anyway. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about is uh, we recorded this episode, as you'll no doubt find, several weeks before the results of the 2016 U.S. election. And as you'll hear, we made some outlandish predictions about what would happen, uh, for humor's sake. And personally, I feel like some of these jokes fall a little hollow in the the so recent aftermath, but uh, I'm going to keep them in because to edit those out would be obnoxious, and plus it might bring some people some good time laughing. Without getting too far into a divisive monologue up front, I just want to say that it upsets me that we have elected a man who is so far from what we could consider a role model, someone we should look up to. Now, this isn't about being Democrat or Republican or liberal versus conservative, right versus left. This is simply about what I believe someone who truly embodies a compassionate, genuine American spirit. Because when I think of what the United States of America is, uh, it often crosses over with many qualities I see in my favorite actor, Tom Hanks. Someone who stands up for himself, uh, but also stands up for so many other people. I mean, I can't not help but think of Woody when I think of America. Because, of course, the Americana... Uh, iconography of the Wild West and the cowboy. That is so, how so many of the the rest of the world sees us, is we're cowboys. And a cowboy like Woody, uh, he always says, no toy gets left behind. And I know that there are a lot of people who are in danger and have already been assaulted, attacked, harassed by so many extremists that it has just made my heart heavy this past week and knowing it came from the election of this man, perhaps it's not the best thing to bring up on a silly Tom Hanks podcast, but it may not be an easy thing to talk about, but I think it's something that we should be talking about with our friends, with our family, with our community, because if we don't talk about it, then all of this becomes normalized. This behavior of a man who triumphantly talks about sexually assaulting women and is vehemently racist in his speeches uh, that that cannot be the kind of role model we give to our children and, frankly, the rest of us. We all need someone to look up to. And that's part of the reason why I love Tom Hanks so much is because he's a genuinely positive male role model. You can look up to him as a celebrity, as an actor, as a man. I guess what I just want to say before we get the show started is do your part to be more like Tom Hanks. And that sounds silly, uh, but, but, but it's a message I, I genuinely believe because we should be doing our part to make sure others are safe, making this the best place to live for everybody, not just straight white men. Basically what I'm trying to say is that if you love Tom Hanks and you appreciate the kind of person he is, then I think it's on all of us to make sure this new president is going to either embody these qualities or we're going to do everything we can to stop him from harming this community. And I'm talking to you people who voted for him as well. Because if you don't want to be 
roped in with the the racists and the the alt-right hate-mongering folks, then it's absolutely your responsibility. If he's your guy, then you make sure he's going to be the guy you can look up to. Because I'm not so sure he is the kind of guy I look up to. Uh, so that's that's it's on all of us, but it's especially on you. I'm asking you to do that. And if uh, you're one of the people out there who is afraid and worried and genuinely uh, in fear for their safety and their future, it's, it may not be much. But just know that uh, we here at the Tom Hanks Giving Podcast, we will do everything we can to look out for you. You've got a friend in me. And now, on with the show. Sports Studios, celebrating Dinovember all month long, proudly presents... Tom Hanksgiving, right here every Tuesday. Tom Hanksgiving, come on and press play. There's Elvis, the host with the most. Yada, 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 yada. With a different guest each week. They're the smart ones. Each episode's a new movie. About Tom Hanks, the man himself, of course, it's time for Tom Hanksgiving. It's the best you can get. It's the rootinest, tootinest podcast on the internet. Tom Hanksgiving. Howdy, partner, and welcome to Tom Hanksgiving. I'm your host, Elvis Kunish. And uh, last time on our previous episode, we talked about cars, and it was election day. And now that that's all over, uh, I mean, uh, geez, what a talk about uh, a big surprise, Jill Stein pulling away, <laughs> our next president. <laughs> the apocalypse happened. So this might be the last time we coming out It's um, like we didn't know we were on the hell mouth. Yes. And it just opened up. It opened up. up. It opened up. Now it's over. I, we, it's the over. Slayer's this, this dead. It. Yeah. We don't know when the next one's the called. The fire is coming right now as we record this. So if we could, if we could end during this. I think we could all use uh, a stiff drink and some warm family values. And that's why today we're talking about family ties. And we're talking with Mr. Aaron Davidian. Hey, what's going on, guys? Elvis, this is such a great three episodes. I know, wasn't that amazing? I mean, I, I, I'm watching it last night, and I just felt this like instant comfort come over me. Mm-hmm. I felt so warm and so good. This is one of my like favorite childhood shows. Well, yeah, that's the thing. A yeah, uh, little background. Uh, Family Ties, big show, it ran from 1982 to 1989. Mm-hmm. It was basically the vehicle, the breakout role for Mr. Michael J. Fox. The greatest. The Known for the greatest movie ever made, Teen Wolf. Uh, yes. And a little something called Back to the... Um, Secret to My Success. That was it, yes. Yeah, so. Um... For Love or Money. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Doc Hollywood. Doc Hollywood. Bright Lights, Which Big t- City. Perfect, because we talked about cars last week. <laughs> um, um, and let's not forget Spin City. Yes, yes. Another is, Gary David Goldberg. Which is actually, there's uh, some sort of canon joke where this is in the same universe as Family Ties. Yes. So there's two guys yes, out no, there who look is. exactly yeah, like Michael yes, Yeah, One's a Democrat, one's a Republican. That's perfect. It's amazing. So they're, they're doppelgangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, they're evil twins, yeah. So now I'm wondering, I know for a fact, because I, I would have known for the show, uh, but there's no Tom Hanks appearance in Spin City, but that makes me think, no, there is isn't. there an, a doppelganger Tom Hanks in Spin City, like just off screen, who's like... Who's just an total adult, sober an adult. adult, does everything right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Doesn't fuck up, but he's not that maybe. much fun. Uh, that must be true. Maybe it was uh, uh, Alan Ruck's character in Spin City. Maybe. Yeah, again, you're the expert. We don't know. Um, background for me, though, I, I've, this is the first time I've ever seen any of Family Ties. How did it feel? Did you, 
Did, okay, let me ask you. Because you're the expert. You're coming in. You love this show. Did you? What? What? I want to know what you felt. I was excited to do it because I knew this would be a fun role uh, that Hanks did for, to okay. talk about. But I, I, it's never been a show I've been like. I don't know that much about it. Obviously, Justine Bateman. I know from. But Justin just Bateman just watching these three episodes. How did I feel? What I, did you get? I mean, because these shows don't exist anymore. No. Where it's it is the this was this was kind of a show that was built out of you know Taxi and Mary Tyler Moore. Where it is, it's not really a situation comedy. It's a character. Character comedy, right? Well, I mean, one of my favorite time, favorite shows of all time is Frasier. Okay, which is I feel like the, one of the last really good three camera, true sitcoms. Yes, and it ca- it came out of Cheers, which also yes. came out of the DNA of Taxi. But also, but, but this is like I don't I never even as a kid never, well even in the nineties it was kind of passe to do a family comedy, and that's mm-hmm. why you had stuff like The Simpsons coming out because it was now subverting that. What, so The Simpsons kind of basically came out of like stuff like Family Ties being the norm. Yes. And now we're reacting to that. So I was never that familiar with this kind of a show before. Watching it, it, it was it was also, it was, it, there was a lot of drama. It's, there was a lot yeah. of drama. Like where Cheers and Frasier, they were, there was, that was pure comedy. There wasn't that much drama. There, I mean, there's some drama. There's drama, shows. but like. Is that indicative of the entire show? I think it was more indicative of the 80s where it was these very special episodes that were socially minded. Now, especially this show, because it was socially minded and politically minded. Now, it's a, yeah. it's a genius idea where the only way this child can rebel from his hippie parents is to be a conservative. And it just, it was perfect for, it was exactly what the 80s was. It's, I mean, yeah, it's totally like it was, Reagan's favorite show. Yes, it was the, for the time ingenious. Which is interesting because they invented the Alex Keaton character, Michael J. Fox's character. He was originally going to be like kind of a straw man character, but because Michael J. Fox is so great. So good. Everybody liked him. So they're like, well, fuck, we can't make him an asshole. And you could see And already, they kind of put a nice balance to the show. Yeah, and already in the first season, they treated him as an adult. They didn't treat him like one of the kids. No, and I was even going to ask, uh, it doesn't, like, I think he's in high school. No, he's still in high like school. It. He's still yeah. in high school, yeah. He's still in high school. I I also like that he's, like, obviously, uh, he's sort of like a Fraser Crane character in that he's, like, very career oriented. He's mm-hmm. a little nerdy, but like obviously on the more businessy side. But he treats it like he dresses up in a tie. Yes, all the time. But he's. It doesn't seem like he's treated like a nerd traditionally. No, because that, those, the that was the times. The eighties was, was like it's cool was, to be. Yes, it's cool. conservative. Yes, it's cool. Capitalism was okay back then. Yeah, it wasn't a bad thing. And we hadn't broken our country. Yeah, we had, well, we weren't broken yet. No. Okay, we weren't. It was the, so. It was. It, it was, and it also it made him a different type of role model. For the '80s, because the '80s was a lot of like it was, it was more. You had like the jocks, and it had mm-hmm. it was more like Breakfast Club, where you yeah, saw more yeah. of those kids being portrayed. You didn't see this high schooler being treated as an adult. That's true. Yeah, and it makes sense that you latch onto this character, obviously, yeah. because of Michael J. Fox's performance. But it's sort of like he's how how he has control with being kind of a shrimpy dude. Uh, is he's really smart? Mm-hmm. He knows how to work with money, or at least theoretically, yeah. that's his goal. Uh, and I, I basically what I love from these episodes was seeing his characterization through uh, the Uncle Ned character. He idolizes this dude. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, that fall from grace. Because he is, because Uncle Ned is in the position that Alex wants to be with Yes. Ned. Now, obviously... With the clippings and... The, yeah, he has clippings God, was, of his of his successes in his uncle, war. But it's uncle. Of course you're going to look up to your uncle because your uncle is someone that is older than you, an authority figure, but they're still not your parents, so they're still kind of your friend. See, I have a complicated relationship I, with yeah. my uncles. We'll get into that maybe and, later. And, and we don't have to. We all have complicated <laughs> relationships. Let's just keep it fun. And but talk looking about, up to them was never a thing. Yes, I know. No, uh, neither... But I think, but again, I think that's what television does. Television yes. gives you this fantasy that this is what family is yes. like. Uh, I now I I started watching it when it, when I was a kid. I was too, I was too young to watch in the beginning, so I really yeah. started watching in the last two seasons. So I, and I that, so after Hanks's time, yes. But I, I had seen those uh, in reruns, mm-hmm. so I started watching all the reruns. And so like I think I was maybe six or seven. So, well, it, is this possibly your first exposure to Tom Hanks then? Yes. Really? I think yes. Definitively yes? Yes, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it really was. This yeah. is your first Hanks experience. Well, because here, here's here's the thing. This was, I, I, I MDB'd this, and this is, what, this is what made me cry. Okay. This is what really got to me, how good of a person that Tom Hanks really is. That he did this, and you heard the standing ovation, or he got a, he got a big applause when he came in. Mm-hmm. And he'd only done Bosom Buddies. Yeah. He, he, okay. A future episode on this very podcast. <laughs> and so that's all people really knew him from. But then after what, Splash and what else, he did, uh, I forget what else, he still came back for a second time. Yes. That's amazing. He was he was already huge and he was willing to come back. Yes. And I thought that was, oh God, Tom Hanks is the man. He's so, I mean, that's the reason we're doing yes. this podcast. And He's great. So and and Michael J. Fox is one of my favorite actors. He's brilliant. And this show kind of shaped me uh, in my views of the world, where I don't have really the same political views as most people do. Mm-hmm. I kind of have this. Uh, uh, mostly, my fiscal views come from Alex B. Keaton. Okay, so you're a, you're a Keaton kid. Yes, that's. I I was like six or seven. I was dressed in a suit. That's there hilarious. Pic- there are pictures of me in a suit. I have to find them. They, yeah. F- find them, send them to me. Yeah. We'll put them in the show notes. I, I used to wear suits when I was a kid because that's Alex McKeaton wore suits. That, he, so he was a real role model. Yes, for yeah. So then I have to wonder when uh, Uncle Ned shows up in. Let's talk. Let's get into the episodes. Let's here. get into it. Let's get he's into in, it. Okay, so he's in three episodes. The yeah. first two, as we mentioned, are The Fugitive Part 1 and Part 2. Two-parter. That's this a- is like the first two-parter <laughs> of the show, too. Yes. And this is so early in, in the show. It's season one. Season one. And it's a two-parter, and it's a very special episode. Episode 14 and 15. I guess it is a very special episode because it is dramatic in that way, but it doesn't feel at all like a very special episode like the next one, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. So we, we start with The Fugitive. Uh, this is towards the end of season one's run. And uh, Tom Hanks is the guest star. He's huge. Uncle Ned. Uncle, Uncle Ned, Ned shows up. Basically, we got the kids. They're fucking around. Yeah. Uh, but everybody's waiting for Uncle Ned to show up. And he's all instantly portrayed as like the... Uh, the fun. The, the, fun, the fun, but guy. maybe a little bit... Uh, well, see, they see him as another kid. So yeah, the kids, yeah. The kids love him and they have fun with him and they want to play with him. But the adults know that he need what's what's why are you here now? now? Yeah, yeah, why are you working? Well, it's man? like you only call you only yeah, show up when show it's up. like two days notice, whatnot. Uh, and there's already some suspicious behaviors as soon as he shows up. And we mentioned uh, Michael J. Fox's character loves the hell out of this guy. Now, I'm guessing this never this relationship never is mentioned outside of these three episodes. 
No, no. It I, makes not sense that, that I Alex don't would remember. look up to him. Yeah, but he. We never I talked about. Uh, yeah, I, I. That's that's not how shows. I work, would like it? a Netflix revival <laughs> just to see what happened in Ned's character. I. That's the thing. That's. I want to know what happened. I. Feel wait, like, wait, wait. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. I have. I have theories. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the fugitive. So he shows up, and it turns out he's basically embezzled <laughs> four and a half million dollars. Okay. For the win, the FBI agent. So good. So he he almost, Mr. Carlisle. He almost stole the show. He did. How good. Like, so I watched this episode, and to me, it felt like a satire of corporate espionage movies. Mm-hmm. That's what was so great about it. And it, the, the, he was so good, the FBI agent. I don't know if, if you feel this way, but going back to sitcoms, sitcoms you didn't have a personal connection with, uh, or even older shows, it doesn't have to be a sitcom. It's harder to get into it. Because as a sitcom, you mean? What like, you... like like a, a show you've never seen before. Yes, okay, a, yeah. You didn't grow up with, but yeah. then you go back, it's like, I'm not, am I going to spend the time watching Yes. It? In that regard, the jokes written for the show, very hit or miss. They, I feel like it's, it's like, they're very jokey. They're very sitcom-y. But what really works for me, and to, uh, going back to your point, was the actors' performance. The, uh, yes, the they actors make it performance work. make it work. It's like like when you take the laugh track out of the Brady Bunch, it's like, this isn't fucking You funny. know, no, because... If you didn't have Michael J. Fox, Tom Hanks, and uh, I don't know the, his name, but the guy who I looked Carlisle. up, I thought, I, 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 I don't remember his name. I looked up thinking he was like maybe somebody famous, like, mm-hmm. but he was just, he's just a journeyman character actor, and he was phenomenal. He was great. The dude who played the airline ticket guy. Oh, also great. good. I've seen him before in a lot of stuff. He does a lot, a lot of, of voice work, yeah. too, yeah. I, and here's the thing, I don't think they could have got anybody lesser. You have to be on par with Hanks. Yes. Otherwise, the sh- the, uh, the episode drops. Because even like the scene, it's I think it's it really it really is just the end scene that they're in together. But uh, Carlisle starts to fade in the background yeah. when Hanks is on screen. Yeah. It's like he's like the only one who goes toe to toe with him is Michael J. Fox. But that's the, oh. that's the next episode. Oh especially. god! But uh, oh god! Honestly, yeah, the best part of this is it's really about the second part because the first part is like we're just kind of fucking around. Yeah, is he lying? What's we don't going? know. That could have been done in five minutes. Yeah, but like, well, let's have oh, wait. six we have, gags listen, about the phone. Listen, hold on, we're gonna get Tom Hanks for like two episodes. I'm not we're, saying we're gonna, we gotta draw it out. We I'm have not, to. That's true. Part two is the is the show. Yes. Um, and honestly, for for the life of me, the fugitive. It's all about that last sequence with Alex and Hanks in the airport. It was... It's so great where he comes out and he's... It's so cheesy. This is like true sitcom cheese. The, but, that, it, but in the best way. But in the best way. But it's also... It's the juxtaposition of this drama they just had. I mean, that this where they're... Where, uh, they're kind of yelling in bed, Steven and Elise, and mm-hmm. then like the neighbor calls. Oh, and Mrs. Elbeck, like, yeah. Yeah, and it's just to like, because you have this like, this drama is just being raised and then you have to, you have to just like drop it down a bit with a joke. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, no, it's, it's smart it's just, it's, sitcom writing. It really was. They don't make smart sitcom writing anymore. They just do joke, 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 and it's just not that, it's not that good. Well, it's become... The characters don't develop the way. A lot of the sit, like the writing you see on TV today outside of like, the golden age of TV, and some some even like the best shows on TV still f- suffer from this problem, is that uh, it's all so fast. You can't take your time. Like, yeah. e- even Se- Seinfeld was a huge contributor to this, and that's one of my favorite shows of all time, is 
there's so much story in like a show like Seinfeld, and that's like four stories or four storylines, you know. But like the, the, the amount of scenes, everything intertwines. Yeah, it's it has to move so fucking fast, and like that was. God, what, 20 years ago now? Well, I think... I, now so, shows are even faster. Seinfeld, for that, I mean, their whole motto was, you know, no hugs. No hugs, no learning. Yeah. Which, yeah. So it had to be fast where it was just, where nobody cares really, this is how it ends here, and we're just going to go something different next right, year. Right, but by like season That's, five, you'll have like three different scenes where it's like, we put up one wall, and it's like 30 seconds, because yeah. it's like Elaine getting a sponge at yeah, some place. So, yeah. It's like, we're doing so many of those scenes, whereas like back... In true sitcom land, like it was, uh, like Family Ties, it, yeah, it's it's just five it's one scenes set in the yeah. kitchen, in the living room, one in the bedroom. Yeah, obviously we got an airport set. I for, think really, for this I think really, like I want to. But you spend your money on Cheers is one of the last one that kind of just like stayed in one setting, really. Yeah, outside of yeah, like when you get, I mean, again, Frasier. Yeah, but it, they it had all, multiple settings, yeah. but it was it was still very rigid because it, it came from that Cheers DNA. Mm-hmm. But uh, and then you start to get like. That get, becomes modernized because you have like the office. It's all in the office mm-hmm. except for here and there as it grows, but it's obviously shot in a different yeah, format. Yeah, different format. Yeah, so it's just um, so like they. Sh- I mean, they shot sitcoms like they were plays. Yeah, that's what it was, and it, it works. It works, especially like what we were saying before. This is all about the actors in yeah. this episode. Uh, but that, I don't know. Uh, favorite jokes from the Fugitive? Anything stand out to you? Um. I don't remember. No, nothing really. St- I mean, I was laughing. Oh, yeah, I had three things. Um, to, uh, I mean, it was all Uncle Ned. Uncle Ned was great. Uncle Ned, actually, there's a couple. I got. I wrote down two jokes from uh, from Michael J. Fox. Uh, basically, it's when Carlisle shows up, the yeah. FBI agent. He's like, I followed you from, uh, from your house. And he's like, yeah, how about that traffic? <laughs> that one got me. I was like, that's a cheesy sitcom yeah, line. Yeah, We're totally yeah. good. And then uh, just Alfredo Gomez is his yeah, code right, name. Right, yeah. Nice choice. You couldn't do that now. I don't no. think you do that joke now. Also, did you notice this? The parents were really ass grabby to their kids, at least in the first two parters. No, what do you mean? Oh, I don't there know. was three different occasions where the mom. It was two. The mom uh, went for the daughter's ass, like <laughs> no. I, as I like clear out, like let's. I'm touching your butt right now, like I like. A little love tap. All right. No, and then the and I was like, okay, it's the mom. Maybe it's and then the dad does it too. I'm like, hey, Jennifer's hmm. gotta go. Come on, kids, go upstairs. But it was Justine too. All right, yeah. And I think that it did to Alex once. I was like, this is a very. I mean, I guess they're hippies. Maybe they're like, a, yeah, they're hippies. They're hippies. I'm, I'm not liberals. saying insinuating any, but it's yeah. just it's something I noticed it because you don't see that on TV now or no. then. I don't think maybe you saw it more then. Uh, but I didn't notice it in the season two episode, so I didn't notice. Yeah, I didn't. I, maybe I'm just looking for people's asses, yeah, but, but so. they definitely touched. So it wasn't like I'm looking for it. It was a little pat. That's all, you know. I, maybe they we, still do it in baseball games. Maybe we should bring the pat back. You want? You want to pat my butt? I, I wouldn't mind. All right, pat my butt. All right. That wasn't. That no, wasn't real. No. <laughs> <laughs> so the last thing, unless you have anything else for the fugitive, last thing I wanted to ask was, uh, where do you fall on? Did he do the right thing? Because basically he stole the money, not for his own personal gain, but to save no, 1,800 it, jobs. What do, you, what do you, like, would you have been Alex trying to get a, take your uncle? I would have probably just stole the money for myself if I had the ability. All right, but let's say you're Alex in this position, not Tom Hanks. Someone comes to you, they're wanted by the FBI. Do you turn them in or do you try and help them escape? 
if I have the relationship I have with my yeah, with that way of, of Alex, yeah, I think Alex is going to help his uncle escape. But I think if I if I felt that way about my uncle, yes, I probably would. I guess you're. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's again why you would you cast Tom Hanks. Yeah, who wouldn't who help wouldn't Tom help Hanks? Hanks? Yeah, I mean, because yeah. I because I'm thinking about like all my piece of shit uncles. I'd be like, no, fuck no, you. Fuck but Listen, if it's Tom Hanks, yeah, I'm helping Tom you're Hanks. Right. Okay, I'm in the first time I say Tom. You're gonna be inconspicuous. Don't wear a red hat. Maybe a black hat. Okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't look like you're trying to hide from yeah. someone. Uh, yeah. Again, like, it comes down to to perfect casting. This is he's he's another guy. This is I talk about this on the show all the time. But when you t- cast Tom Hanks, and uh, you make him do something kind of despicable or shady. It's perfect because we come in with such a warmth for him anyway. Yeah, because you can't hate Tom Hanks. No. You can't. He's so fun. It's so He was just great. He was great. Great. Uh, just the way he just comes in and just. I, I did like, like, I, I don't know. It, it felt a little easy the way, like, the show justified him stealing the money that, oh, it was to help all these people. Because I feel like they couldn't make him well, that th- bad. Th- of a you guy. can't make him that bad. And also, it is a sitcom, so you still have to have. Right. It's supposed to be light. Like here's the thing: comedy and drama are really the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're big emotions, but for drama, it's like murder. For comedy, your big emotions because of the laundry. So yeah. it's like they took that out and they made it so real and so so just. It's going to just he's wanted by the FBI. It's huge. And and this has to be you, the biggest thing that's happened in this show. And they show still make you point. laugh about it. <clears throat> it's so unreal. That would never happen. If somebody was that wanted by the FBI, it's not going to be one guy that's from the office. It's very weird. <laughs> it's, I think it gets more noticeable in the next episode, too. Yeah. The unreality. But yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Like, I mean, no why is the like owner this? of this company going to come? It's just not. Just to. It's, yeah. just, it's not. It wasn't real, but that. It's still a sitcom, and you have to. That's you know, that's a network saying, "Hey, listen, I know you want to do this serious episode, but it's still a sitcom. You have to make it light and make it work, and that is what you're paid for." And they did it; they made it work. Now, is it correct that Family Ties is a show that sort of became notable for its very special episodes? It's more heavy on the drama. Yeah. Is that true? Yes. Now, I have to wonder because obviously we get that with the season two episode we're about to talk to, but even this one, you're as you're you're correct in saying has kind of a big, heavy topic yeah. to discuss. Uh, and I have to wonder, these three episodes featuring Tom Hanks, did that help influence the direction of the show because they were so well-received? Without having that guest star banking to do this heavier episode, maybe they wouldn't have had the courage to do this in the first place. No, I, well, no, I think that was always the it show. It was always that the was show? Because okay. the, the first uh, Thanksgiving episode, spoiler alert, they, um, the parents get arrested. Which happened before this? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, for their protesting. That's what they were. They were, they were they, yeah, you know, they were sense. hippies and... They was were, that the, because they mentioned in this episode, was that the one that was the Democratic National Convention? No, uh, I don't remember, but I, they, they, I mean, that's what they did. That's, that, okay. that's the point of the show. The whole point of the show is these hippies raising a conservative. Yeah. So it's always going to come back. Like, um, there's one joke in an episode... Uh, where they're talking about Steven's work, and he works for a kind of like a PBS nonprofit station. Mm-hmm. And Alex is like, I don't understand what nonprofit is. You know, that was sort of the joke. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> a, very, yeah, he kind of grows yeah. up to be uh, Jimmy James then from News Radio. <laughs> yeah. Nonprofit, that hurts me. Yeah. Uh, now, just thinking about it, because it's so, it's almost incentivizing the conservatism in the show. Like the fact that Tom Hanks turns himself in at the end, is that kind of like, Yes, because this is the right thing to do 
for the capitalism. He shouldn't steal the no, because he, he no, doesn't... I don't think you know. Yeah, it, you're right. the, it was just the right thing to do. It was that the was... right thing to do, and they don't get the money back either. No, so it's not well, we, helping. That's it. We'll talk about it in the next because we there was some. It was just it was too easy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Too, I mean, he comes back in like a year. Don't think <laughs> so. so. <laughs> that's so not real. But <laughs> but it was also. I mean, he was he was trying to justify it as you know. You guys did the same thing in the '60s. This was the way of I have right, to fight right. and give back. Now I'm fighting injustice. But I'm thinking like but the mechanics two wrongs of... don't make a right. That's no. what it comes down to, and that's what Stephen is trying to say. And then you have Elise, who is okay. I can't. I have to let go. And I buy Elise's story a yes. lot more because it is true that. Maybe she's been I mean, coddling. She's coddling, she's coddling her he brother. Hasn't, he has to grow up to yes, responsibility for his actions. Yes, he has to figure out his own coping mechanisms. That really works for me. I'm not sure. I guess I'm not saying the other part of it, this other component of it doesn't work. I'm just like wondering, is there like the show's agenda? Is it leaning more conservative or is it leaning more liberal? Or is it really hitting the middle? I think it's hitting the middle. Okay. It really hits the middle because you, you're always going to have that push and pull. And that's that's what it is. It's... I, I, it, it came out of, you know, All in the Family, where it was like, right. Archie Bunker is this conservative old man who is still, you know, in his own world where yes, he's, he's got yeah. Meathead and his and his daughter and they're these new, the, the new, the new wave of kids of liberals. They're not, you know, they are it's weird, the baby boomer generation. That you can track that. So it's like Archie Bunker, uh, you know, conservative, the, his kids liberals mm-hmm. and then you have that kind of becomes family ties liberals their kids are conservatives and then yeah. they grow up to be what the simpsons and then their kids are the liberals they grow up to be married with children that's i guess that's, that's right yeah happened, yeah that makes sense and then who who's so the married with children kids they grow up to be who <sighs> who's the new liberals that are the parents in, in like the modern sitcom or i guess this is really 10 years ago what was the big the office that's not it's not a family yeah, show it's not it a has family to be about show. a family See, I think that's that's why Modern Family, I guess. Uh, yeah, but the yeah. parents in that show, I guess no, because it's the grandpa Zed O'Neill. He's the conservative. Yeah, type. he's a conservative. So the the parents are yeah the ne- they're you know these these nineties because yeah, yeah yeah the, the gay couple that's yeah. right. So it's like they're the they're, they're the, the liberals. liberals and then the kids. I've never seen much of Modern yeah, Family. They I must be. They're just still just kids. I, 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 I haven't I, really got anything out of them. I, I don't really suppose. watch it that much. Um, uh, no Tom Hanks. That's why we have. Yeah, we have to Yeah, we only watch that with Tom Hanks on it. But I, and I think that's just people, there are some people that want to go back where it's just easier for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think, I think that, like, not even trying to take in any sort of political yeah. uh, agenda with that notion, because you see it in movies all the time, too, like yeah. fucking Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, the people notion want to relive of, the past. They, they, it's comfort food. Like, this was comfort is. food, yes. It is, and I, I, I know I do it, too constantly yeah. by going I mean like I have a Tom Hanks podcast that's not just because he's great like, well I don't know he's great I know I but have I grew these, up with him too I know I have these shows that I need to watch that are new and I just mm-hmm. haven't had time to catch up on them but then it's like I might as well just watch Family Ties There's, it's just easier and I and it's just fun to more more fun to watch there is something that's, about rewatching something yeah. that you know you love that's like playing your favorite song it's yes. hard to live. Maybe this is just me, and I've it's always like reading been, a book again. That's I've what, always yeah. been weird with music, where it's like it's hard for me to get into a new song, even if I eventually like yeah. it. Because with music, at least for me, I appreciate knowing the rhythm and going with it. 
and uh, but you some know of your you, favorite you, films. You you, you never thing. think that you're gonna turn into that old man, but you do, and you're Everybody like, this does. is not as good as it was, you know, in the music when I was a kid. What is this noise? Yeah, you know, I, I I'm still young enough where so, I feel like I'm trying to resist that yeah, notion. Just. Except everything. It's gonna happen. You now. have it. it we always become. Everybody becomes the old asshole. God no, no! I'm taking a stand right now. I am not gonna become a bitter dinosaur. Okay. All right. So I am gonna stop watching Family Ties and I'm gonna go see Inferno because that's new Tom Hanks. No, it's actually old Tom Hanks on this show. Shit, I missed episodes. it already. Uh, all right. So that's that's our thoughts on the Fugitive, the first two parter of Family Ties, but Tom Hanks comes back for. An even more memorable episode. We'll be talking about season two, episode 14, Say Uncle, after the break. Wait, we don't have breaks in the show. No. Fuck, let's talk about it now. Break. Do we have sponsors? Do you want to advertise Gossip Guys? You didn't say it at the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah, Gossip Guys. Totally forgot about that. You guys know Andy, right? Yeah, he's on the show sometimes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he talked about Inferno, which we haven't seen Okay, yet. yeah. Uh, Gossip Guys is a podcast where me and Andy Green talk about Gossip Girl. You got 20 seconds. And it is on iTunes and Gossip Guys Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Hit us up and listen and watch, and it's awesome. So let's talk about Say, Say Uncle. Uncle. Why don't you give us the story this time? Okay. So for some strange reason, after embezzling four and a half million dollars, <laughs> Uncle Ned is out of jail already. In a, like with, I think it wasn't even a year. They, they, he almost used language they, that he wasn't in jail. Thing, like he like, wa- he, he was unemployed. Yeah, for I a don't, year. Know, I don't understand. Like, how he was not in jail? Like nobody even mentions the word jail. There must have been something like he must have had something on somebody, and they're like, "We'll make a deal for you." Or maybe he finally gave him the code. I think he gave. Like, the, I totally like, think he like, gave. Like him so, the they code. were waterboarding him. Which, <laughs> like, he just which I think they must have. If they gave him the code, they released him of all charges. I guess so. Which makes sense then, because that's how he was able to avoid jail time. Okay, and why he's become such an alcoholic. But and because he's and he's also still in the. They probably where there was news clippings about yeah, that. Yeah. So like now he can't. How do you come back from that? That's the question. Of that's the, that, that's the backbone of the episode. So now he's 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 here and he's gonna hang out for a while because he's been going to different halfway houses. I'm assuming this is the first time the family's seen him since as best as we know. But it really seems like after that. him and Carlisle left. I'm assuming they've kept in touch over the phone or possibly letters. I would hope so. Uh, yeah, it's, it just they don't really mention it. No, again, which, there's which this it's sitcom it's, logic. Yeah, there's, there's this no aspect continuity. of it's like it's unreal because at that point. You're watching, if you're watching when it airs, you're like, oh yeah, Tom Hanks was on the show. What, didn't he get uh, into trouble? Yeah. Uh, I'm glad to see him. You don't go back and check. No, and you're Wait not. a minute. No. Why was he doing no. jail time? And plus, back then, it really was like, oh, you waited a year. That felt like forever. Yeah. Uh, in between, because you weren't. I mean, he was juggling a year ago. Dude, we never forgot to mention how fucking good Tom Hanks is. Like he juggles too. Where do you get that in most movies? No, he just shows up and he's juggling snow globes. Yeah, man, that's brilliant. Oh, multi-talented, brilliant man. And uh, he he really shows uh, some chops in this episode. Like he, outside of the juggling, standard fare for good Hanks in the previous episode. Funny, great. But like he didn't show me something new. They gave him so much to work with. They, they yeah. Gave- this episode, it's it's raw. 
It's real. Here, uh, here's what I want to do because I want to celebrate this episode because it was fun. It was great. I'm going to talk about my problems first. Mm-hmm. The biggest issue is that it's not at all a realistic portrayal, not of symptoms of alcoholism or someone being drunk. Uh, Again, it's, and that's it's, that's it's, the, the fault of the writing and probably of the times. Yeah, too. it's of the times. Of the you know, it's it, the network was it was still it was the '80s, man. You know, it was the eighties. Say no to drugs. That those things were no, no. Yeah, you can definitely feel the weed was not legal then. <laughs> All right, here's here's my question. Yeah, was he drunk when he walked in? Uh he was definitely buzzed. Okay, he but he still had the same manic energy in the fugitive. So was he drinking then also? I would say that this started probably before he made that choice. Okay. They mentioned in the in the few no it is in this episode that he was a drinker when he was young. Yes. Actually, I think uh Elise oh, yeah, the mom says he drank like, in school. Yeah, of course. So he was obviously What was going on back then, man? I mean, it was 60s. the 60s. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. But here's god. the thing. I we think we missed out on greatness. I don't know about that. <laughs> I think that's what a lot of voters upset voters. Yeah, that's where it all ended, yeah. Um the uh, whole Nam thing kind of ruined it. Yeah. Everything. No, no, but I think uh, what this episode does to its great credit is it uh, focuses on the alcoholic you don't see, the functioning alcoholic. Yes. Which makes me think he got he developed this habit in high school. He was probably not so severe. Obviously, yeah, he no. was able to be successful. Yeah. But I'm thinking the success of no, that this job, was, this was... the stress hit him. So he started drinking more often. That probably came with the, with the 1,800 people. Yeah. And I think the drinking pro- – he was probably drunk. I, you can retroactively think he was drunk when, when he, he walked that in, cup of coffee. Yeah, or when he walked and into the warehouse and saw that he didn't realize 1,800 people were going to get fired. Exactly. Huh. Uh, Are you going to get fired? So I think we started to see that in the – again, this is all retroactively yeah. stuff. They were planning for this. But uh, I think you you can really – that's a nice thing for what the writing did do is you can connect these two characters outside of the weird jail time thing pretty solidly. And, yeah, he's totally drunk when he shows up. Maybe not drunk, but he's buzzed. buzzed. Yeah. Give me a beer, Alex! Yeah, he, that's not his it's first, first word of the night. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. It's, it really, like, they play but maybe, Trivial but they, Pursuit They, they played it as they were, <clears throat> you know, not only celebrating that he's here, they're celebrating his freedom. Right, I guess that's true. Yeah, and Stephen Steve was like, "Give me a beer too." Or they were drinking, and it, yeah, it was supposed and to be. And Alex was just how he his uncle's here. Uncle Ned. Yeah, Uncle Ned's out of jail because he still idolizes this yeah. guy, even despite everything. He, I guess he idolized because he he made the right choice in the end of the episode. But this is the first time where we see that, and that that it really the episode it's just kind of like. All Did right. you cry? I didn't cry. No, no, didn't make me cry. Mm-hmm. Uh, made me smile. I think in the intentional way. Okay. But no, no, but the, the, the episode really gets interesting when it's late at night and Alex comes in because he's doing an all-nighter yeah. uh, to make a sandwich or something. Yeah, and then uh, Hanks just like shouts Bloody Mary at him, scares the hell out of him because he's been in the kitchen all night drinking. It's dark. Um, this, this scene is great because it really showcases the rage and you get some great jokes and like he's going crazy for the vanilla extract, drinks the whole thing. And you get to see... Uh, Michael J. Fox just like so scared. Yeah, so and it's so <clears throat> because it is that he he has seen this different side of his uncle that he's idolized, mm-hmm. and it's just it is this fall from grace, and he doesn't he doesn't know how to react because I don't think he's. It really made me feel like he's never seen a drunk person before. Yeah, it it seems like his parents so have always kept that that yeah. safe. 
But yeah, I, so I think it just compounds the fact that he's never seen this before, and now it's coming from his uncle, and it's it could have broken Alex. I think it does break Alex, and I think we see that in the the resulting scenes. But yeah, the the fear that's palpable in Michael J. Fox, yeah, in Michael J. Fox's performance, it's I, I recognize it. Like I've been in that position as someone who looked up to Alex B. Keaton when you were a kid and you were growing up, and you finally did see this episode. How did you? How did it make you feel? Sad. It made me feel sad for Alex. Did you feel sad for? Did it? Did it change? But it all. But it also. It, 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 especially <clears throat> as a kid, I think it does scare you. Yeah, it does because not only is it this character that you idolize, but you now are seeing this actor that who's really done only the fun comedy so far, yeah. and to see him be able to do this. It is scary because it was it was that good of a performance. I I want to see these two in a movie right now. That would be amazing. I mean, honestly, what I would love is to see these two do a sitcom like this. I don't know. I, I don't know if a sitcom is right. I think a movie is better. I but I I what I want is is a weekly one act play. <laughs> So to see that, like, I would love to see these guys, two guys yeah. do a play live. And I think that's always m- more fun because you feed off the audience. That's true. And dream casting is, uh, we've talked about this before yeah. on the show, is I want another movie with Tom Hanks and Shelley Long. Oh, yeah. And if you throw in Michael J. Fox, it's going to be the best movie ever. Can we get them to do The Next True Detective? <gasps> Those three. Yeah, who do we... We talked about True Detective last time with Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Last time he was on the show, we talked about the Bonfire oh, of the Manatees. yes. Um, great episode. Check that out. If you uh, haven't already. Um, I just... I want... I... I no, it, these, Before I die, I want to see these two just go at it for at least two hours. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of a big wish, but I, I do too. They're so close because they've worked... With both have worked uh, extensively with Robert Zemeckis. Yes, and but they he's never allowed them to cross over in his pictures. Granted, he has Zemeckis hasn't worked with uh, McFly in a or while, sorry, yeah. Jay Fox in a while. Um, but uh, but even I mean, they're, yeah, uh, you know the same guys who wrote Greedy wrote Splash. You know, it's all kind of like it's, every, yeah. It, at the eighties, we're all t- everybody was together. Eighties and nineties, everybody was having a good time. I <laughs> uh, so obviously that would be amazing. But what we've got is we've got these. Three great episodes would see, but it's really this one where you see the two of them, and again that scene. Two titans uh, of the that of, scene of, is of great. The acting industry. Um, I don't know how believable it is that someone would drink an entire thing of vanilla extract to get the alcohol content. Although I do know people that have tried to get drunk off of cough syrup. Yeah, people do cough syrup. So I guess a lot. that may have been the more. I think. Listen, ac- I, accurate I, I joke. Think, but the vanilla extract was funnier. I think when. You just don't want to feel anything. You will do anything to not feel anything. That's really dark. That, but that's that's true. But that's what he 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 had given up. That's what it. That's what this episode about. He had given up, and I and there are points where we all get there. Not to the extent, but some people do get to that extent, and. You know, like, I mean, my my giving up would just be nobody, I don't want anybody to bother me for like a week. Yeah. You know, I want to get high, I'm going to probably watch football all day on Sunday, just, that's it, I just don't want to, you alone. know, yeah. you know, that's, that's a really scary thing, concept too, because like, I see patterns in that like in myself, 
where it's like I'm withdrawing from people yeah. and like I'm feeling bad about where I am in my life, my trajectory. And it's it's scary to think like that can get under your skin. And it's weird because this episode is kind of, I feel like it's kind of talking about two different things. It's talking about addiction and this self-destruction. Often they go together. Which go together. Uh, should we jump to the, the big moment? If that wasn't big enough for you, the... Well, first, let's talk about well, the job we, interview. Well, here's the, here's the thing. Here, let's go, like, to go back to this whole kind of giving up thing. I, I, I think... Because some people can come back from... Most people, a lot of people can. But there are some people that go into this and just go down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason he went down the rabbit hole is because he was coddled by Elise his whole life. And, yeah. And I think this was his big thing that happened to him, and he wasn't prepared. He wasn't ready. It was too much of a loss too late. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, okay. It's like we all, like you said, you know, you always have, you get in these moods, and everybody gets in the mm-hmm. moods, and you just, you, but you have, we, you know, most people have been given the coping mechanisms to deal with it. So where you don't go down that rabbit hole. In a weird way, I, there's, like, Something about, like, the darkest side of becoming an adult is recognizing the futility of all of your actions and the fact that you will fail and you will... Resistance is futile. Exactly. And you will not matter the same way, like, that's what he's feeling. But I think the way you counteract that is obviously, you know, through positive thinking, doing shit, but is mostly through human connections that you foster, which, as we can see from his character... He doesn't really have any. No. Obviously, he has this no. portion. He goes to visit his sister's family, but he's been away for a year, and he wasn't very close before then. So this is a guy who doesn't have his own family, and that's, I think, a huge tipping point for why he doesn't feel... I think a per- I'm talking about both the show and like real-life context, where I think there's something about the fact that you need like some sort of sense of community or family yes. and that will counteract this as you get older, this, uh, I don't matter anymore. When, when you don't have strings, you're not tied to anything and you need to be tied to something, something like family. You, you need it. And even not that being in a family, no, but it, solve it, no, your alcohol. But no, problem. <laughs> You still need your friends. You need. You also need your TV shows, and that that, so that for a lot of people that gets them through. That's the thing. Like whenever I'm like uh, just like fucking edit, it's like wait, I need to see the next Marvel movie. I gotta stick yeah. around at least another year. But it's like you know what? You're having such a bad day, and There's another season of Curb, maybe. Well, I gotta stick around. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> you know, and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna throw in a little angel. You know, oh, because, fucking angel! Because, you know, Angel's the perfect show. It is. It is because and it, especially. Um, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose, but, but you have to fight, and you have to have hope. That's yes. what keeps you waking up. It's the reason That's why we fight. That's what Joss Whedon taught me is hope. Yes. Okay. It is hope because oh. after <laughs> dies, it's spoilers. Oh, if you haven't seen it, you know what? Get off your ass and see Angel. Okay. You have to. You see Buffy first. Okay. Well, it's concurrently if you can. Yeah. Honestly, if you just have Why isn't time, Tom Hanks in one of these shows? Like, <laughs> talk about. We got to bring it back to yeah. family times. We got to bring it back. Family you're right. You're right. But it's all um, about hope. And 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 Ned lost hope. Ned so lost he saw hope. hope in a bottle, and it doesn't work out because there is no hope in a bottle. I think the worst scene in the second or in Say Uncle is the job interview. Did you find it funny at all? No. 
it was really poorly. It was. I think that's where no, I, because it's, it's not supposed to. It's it's not supposed to be funny. No, they. It's totally supposed to be funny. No, it's not like the rest it's of the episode. It's supposed to be funny because you're supposed to love Tom Hanks, but now he has done such a good job to scare the shit out of you. He's underneath the desk. You're not wearing socks either. Because because they want to make you laugh at this funny drunk, but it's not because you saw a scary drunk last night. Mm-hmm. And it just they had they had, of course they had to try to make it funny, but it's not going to right. be funny. But you still the scene wasn't bad. The scene felt real. It didn't feel real for me. Like no one gets drunk and acts like that. It felt like but they were no, doing too many was, things. But that was his, I, I no, I, I I have to disagree with you because I think that's his character. This character is a child. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the way he's going to act. Is a child and it's just going to ruin everything. All right, you won me over on his perspective there. I, I still think it's the weakest scene in the show. Okay, but uh, I can see your point. Yeah, I, I still don't think it's. I think it was a weak scene because I think that's what there was no one else in the scene. Yeah, you kind of just had Steven and and Wurtz. Was that Wurtz, right? Wurtz, yeah. Kind of just just kind of standing there and letting Tom Hanks go. There's a, yeah. I mean, he's not bad. I just think the the jokes. I think you're right in that you need that weird levity where it's like there's the dissonance. Like this isn't the same guy I saw last night. Yeah, but he's still destructive. But I think it's just the specificity of the jokes being too cartoonish that took me out of it. Okay. Like, a real drunk person's not going to bring the clarinet. No. That's not. That's again, where I was that's like, the, okay. That's the sitcom person. Yeah. That's the sitcom version of the drunk guy. Yeah. Uh, so, but then we build to the final scene where they, I, the moment where Alex takes out, again. Well, we all found, we, we finally realized that he has given up. He has given what's up. What's the point? Why? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Nobody's going to hire me. What's? Have you ever had a failure so big that it's weighed on you like that? A fiasco? A fiasco. What's your... I've had failures that have felt like that. I've never gotten... Fortunately, I've never been gotten into uh, no. self-destructive tendencies, but I felt like... I don't know where if, if I can recover no, from this. No. Honestly, no. I've been through enough shit where really nothing gets to me anymore. Nothing in your past? Never once? You've just been that blessed? No, I know. Or are you suggesting I'm much more fragile than you? Possibly. Mm. I think that's what it... I think, and not just you, I think the rest of the people are. I don't, I don't know. Because you're Alex P. Keaton. That's how it works. I'm half Alex, half <laughs> Ned. So it's like... Right, I've right. I've kind of given up a little bit, so it's like, whatever. But you're, you're whatever about it, so you don't feel... Yeah, I don't... How can you not feel that weight, though, if, that you, if you feel like you've given up? Because that's a sad thing for me to hear. From my guest host on this podcast, how can I help you? No, you should we call Alan? I? Well, you're not an alcoholic, but should we? Is there a number we can no, call? No, no. I just, I, if, if anything, I'm trying to think. I don't have any something that's just like been that big of a failure. I mean, that's good. Yeah, this is obviously a good thing. Like that. Like I, I've never really. No, you know why? Because I don't feel like I've been at the complete top yet. So you don't feel like you've had. Uh, uh, a height, a height to fall yes, from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of the Marge Simpson angle then. Aim low, kids. So low that no one matters if you try. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've had failures, but nothing so big where it loomed on me. Right. That, you know, where it, you know. But I mean, yeah, there's been some points where it's like, okay, I did this fucking short film and nobody at a festival liked it. It's like, okay, that sucks. Right, right. That sucks. That but like, sucks. But, but nothing being, like a, like a, personal relationship or a friendship or 
or shit, I should have gone to that country that one. I guess that's a stupid one to get mad no, about. No, I don't know. I, I mean, no, I don't really. That's good. I don't have a lot of regrets. That's a good way to put it. You know, I, I think everything happens for a reason. Um, Spoken like a sitcom writer. And I, and I think your, your decisions shape you. So I don't think it's good to dwell on it. To bring it back. Yeah. But the moment when Alex takes out, he still has the clippings in his wallet because he still idolizes his, his, uh, his uncle. And even after the fall from grace, and that just hurts Tom Hanks so much that he's got to burn this. He's like, no, you're doing the wrong thing by looking up to me. That really, that got to me. Uh, and then yeah, was, he yeah. hits him. It was an accident. That was the moment was that was accident. like, that felt like a, like a true that out of control drop. That was real, yeah. That was real. That was real. Like maybe the mechanics, the, the blocking of the actual hit was like, all right. Yeah. But the, the moment was The real. moment, no, the moment felt real. I mean, <clears throat> he'd literally been drunk the whole day. Yeah. Like he hadn't stopped. <sighs> Dealing with that, with that kind of person. That, is, yeah, you is don't want to deal with that person. And it, it's shitty because, like, it's the, the, the choice that Stephen makes at the end. It's like, will ha- if you don't get help, you have to leave. Yes. And that, but that's the thing. That person is in such need of you and your connection. But, you but also, now he can't. He cannot be around this family. Exactly. I mean, that, that was the breaking point. That's how toxic you can become. Yes. You still, like, he's going to get worse if you let him go. But yeah. he can't stay. He can't. That was, and that, and you know what? It took a while for Steven to really... It, to get there, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I understand. Cause I think he wanted, made the right call, for no, sure. No, 100%. He could, I would have made it way earlier, like, fuck yes, this guy. Yeah, but he was listening to his wife. He was giving mm. the benefit of the doubt. He wanted to help his <laughs> wife's brother. But there has to be a breaking point where we say, okay, yeah, I can't have you around anymore. So the episode ends. He calls up Al-Anon, says a really dumb joke. Of course. And then says, the, drunk. sends a classic line. Like, they've, they've heard all the jokes before, yeah. probably. My name is Ned Donnelly, and I have a drinking problem. Close out. And that's the last we ever see or hear of Uncle Ned. He just got too famous. He got too famous. He got too busy. Uh, Can I get a revival? (laughs) What is is your in-canon explanation? What happens to Ned after these episodes? I'm assuming this is what I would like to have happened, that he he got clean and sober. Mm -hmm. He got his life back, mm-hmm. but maybe not. He, I don't think he's going to have the success he had before. Yeah. Um, but he's back in the you know Wall Street community, and he gives Alex a job. Well, I one hundred percent believe that he fell off the wagon and became a self-destructive alcoholic for the rest of his days, and that's why we never see him again. <laughs> that's it's one way sad. to go. That's you know I know I. But I okay, think but how what, long, how long, yeah, I mean, okay, yes, because he was always, he always had a problem. Yeah. He was always a drinker in school. I think he has moments, he has lapses. <laughs> like, like it's the 1920s in Kansas. I think, I think. He's drinking moonshine in class. It's pretty bad. <laughs> I think he maybe gets uh, healthy for a little while. Yes. That's and why think, he, he yeah. did, he did get, he, he will never get the success he had before. No, but, but I think it. He'll, he'll it, build it up again, but then he'll lose it those again. Those times in between. I'm hoping, I'm hoping he got Alex a job before he lost it again. I don't think I think Alex can be fine just by himself. He yeah. doesn't need that. Uh, no, I th- I don't think Ned makes it back. I think I he just, dies I want, in early oh grave. He's definitely dead. Cirrhosis of the liver? No, he's just going to go uh, fucking drink himself to sleep. Leaving Las Vegas now? Yeah. 
Oh, God. All right. Oh. I think the only way we can end this episode... Oh, God. ...is if we split a little uh, pure vanilla <laughs> extract. Your Andy doesn't need that to cook or anything? This is mine. Oh, God. I use it to make fudge. All right. Ooh, I actually want some fudge. What kind of fudge? I, I, it's the best fudge. There's like little Reese's Pieces in and shit. Why have you never made me fudge? I only make it during Tom Hanksgiving, not the podcast, the, the holiday. Oh, okay. It's coming up, though. Yeah. Um, right. That's it for With us that. this week. Uh, Aaron, do you, have a, you already did Gossip Guys, but where can they find you in the meantime? Yes, you can find uh, me at The Worst, the W-U-R-S-S-T. That is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and also at Gossip Guys Pod, me and Andy. Uh, that's also Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, yeah, let's talk some Tom Hanks, guys. Yeah, uh, you can find me at Elvis Kunish, uh, K-U-N-E-S-H, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, follow the show, at Tom Hanks Pod. Send us an email, TomHanksPod at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate and review. This sounds so sweet. I can, I can just, like... The yeah, way. he's smelling the, the vanilla extract, <laughs> yeah. the, the portions we poured for us. Uh, we emptied the bottle, guys. We did, and we emptied the bottle. We split it in half. Uh, I'm not a drinker. I've never drank an alcohol in my life. This is the first time. This could be the thing well, that kills me. Well, you never, like, licked the spoon after you put the vanilla in? It's the same thing. Oh, well, yeah. I'll do that all, all right. the time. So, yeah. so this isn't going to be... This, is gonna, this isn't going to put me over the this edge. This is not it. But uh, in celebration of Tom Hanks' character, Ned Donnelly getting better, although I don't think it's going to stand, and of course... Should we do an Irish toast for Ned Donnelly? How do we, how do, we do that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know any Irish toast. Well, we're toasting to Ned yes. Donnelly and, of course, to our, our new president lord, Jill Stein. Jill Stein. Cheers. Cheers. No, that's the other show. <laughs> Family Ties. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's burning. Oh, it's things. Oh, <laughs> you He's having a painful reaction too. It's just inaudible. Oh god. Oh, is that what drinking's like? Is that like whiskey? Yeah, that, that's exactly what it is. Oh, 100%. Why am I drinking this? Only to forget. Why would anyone do this? Only to not feel anything. That's Why? Like... Oh my god, it's like oh, yeah, I poured ammonia burning. down my throat. Oh. I haven't thrown up since I was like nine years old. This, this might it. be the day. <laughs> and that is our show. Thank you so much to Aaron for coming on. Thank you so much for listening. We are taking the next week off. We're in fact, we're taking the rest of the month off. But we will return full force in December with Gary Sinister. That's right. It's time to finally tackle all of the Gary Sinise Tom Hanks collaborations starting with green mile that's right we're doing a, a little bit of a reverse order sort of thing building to our 50th episode a little movie called forest gump so that is it for the month we will be back in december for gary sinister kicking off with the green mile can't wait hope you're listening then until then have a great holiday be safe and thanks for listening tom hanks we fell in love with you, Tom Hanks, just like so many do deeply, because you made a smile, and you're great on screen style, so that's why we give thanks, cause you got a friend in Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, 
Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.